Coming up on Studio Berlin. Berlin's controversial five-year rent freeze came into effect in late February. At the moment, there is an, a situation where nobody knows, is this law applicable? Yes or no, we need to have a clarification as soon as possible. Opponents of the law want to challenge the so-called Mietendeckel in Germany's constitutional court. But supporters say... All the problems that the opponents say the rent freeze will bring, we have them today. Or we've had them already without the rent freeze. More on Berlin's Mietendeckel. That's up next on KCRW Berlin. Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. Each week, we're taking a closer look at the events shaping our lives in Germany's capital. I'm your host, Eric Kirschbaum, and today's show, we'll be talking about Berlin's Mietendeckel, or the rent cap. It's a controversial five-year rent freeze that came into effect last Sunday. It was designed by the city government to stop the steep hike in rents over the last decade. Is Berlin's rent cap a good thing, or is it going to scare away private investors? I'll be discussing these questions with my guests. Wiebke Werner, she's the deputy director of the Berlin Mietverein, Berlin's Renters Association. Good to have you. Hello, thank you. And I also welcome Joel Dulroy. He's a producer for Rent Freeze. It's a podcast about the Mietendeckel. Joel is also a journalist at Deutsche Welle. Hi, Joel. Thanks for being here. G'day, Eric. How are you doing? First, I want to ask Joel a question. Maybe you can talk about What's changed now? What's new with this new rule that took effect on Sunday? Plenty has changed. It's really quite revolutionary in terms of uh, housing policy in Berlin and worldwide. So uh, the basics, so the rent is now frozen in Berlin for pretty much all housing for the next five years. The amount that people were paying as of June last year is now the rent that they should be paying for the next five years. There's only going to be some slight increases allowed for inflation starting in 2022 and the only exceptions are basically for new flats. That, that means those built since 2014. All other properties are taken into account. Now, that includes flats that are rented on short-term basis. That includes furnished flats. It includes VGs, shared apartments. Um, there's very few exceptions allowed. You can't add an extra for furniture. You can't have what's called the Staffelmeter, which are these rents that uh, automatically rise each year. It's a very broad cap. Uh, it's unprecedented. And yeah, I've got a lot of people asking a lot of questions about how it works and what's going to happen next. But it, in my view, it's the most important uh, and far-reaching policy that Berlin has enacted politically since the city was reunited back in the 90s. We'll talk more about that later. But Vivka, what kind of questions have you been getting at the Renters Association? What are, what are people concerned about and worried about? Now, from this point on, we have to tell the tenants how to handle this this meat and deckel and how to react on uh, landlord's actions. What can they do? I mean, there's 1.4 million apartments in Berlin covered by this law. Is suddenly 1.4 million people going to go to the authorities and demand lower rents? Um, the authorities, they give support, but it's not really necessary to involve the authorities. Tenants can assert their claims to lower rent against the landlord themselves. Only if the landlord does not respond or demands on excessive rents, tenants can ask the authority for support. 
And the Landlord Association recommend their members to comply with the, with the law. So we don't think that the agency's additional workload will be that big. Um, so for the first point, the tenants can first act themselves and see the yeah see what was the rent paid on June 18, 2019. This is the rent which is now important. And if since then the rent didn't change, then the tenants right now can't do anything. They have to wait. Do you think this is going to work, Joel? Is it going to be effective? And are there many people who are paying too much rent now who are going to successfully try to get their rent reduced? So there's been some numbers run on that, and there's one estimate that around one in six Berliners will be entitled to a rent reduction under these rules. That's just an estimate. It's not really clear because there's not much transparency on how much everyone actually is paying in rent. Uh, and of course, every new contract that gets signed is automatically covered by this rent free. So the major uh, impact we're going to see is on new contracts, people who move here uh, or people who move into a new flat. Their rent is significantly capped under this rent freeze. And there are basically going to be some flats that have to be rented at very bargain prices compared to what they have previously been rented at. For example, we know that in the last year, nine out of 10 flats being advertised on online portals have been over the allowed amounts, significantly over in some cases. So nine out of 10 advertised flats will now have to be basically have the price reduced. And and if the landlords don't comply, they face huge fines. They face fines of half a million euros uh, per infringement. Now, of course, the city government has to enact those fines. They actually have to get the resources and staff to hunt down landlords who are dodging the law, send the fines, and then follow up on them. And there are some landlords who don't believe that the city has the capacity to do that and that the courts don't have the resources to be able to hear all the claims that might flow as a result of that. But nevertheless, the law is there. It says what should be done. Um, if people try and cheat it, well, we'll find out what happens next. Isn't it kind of ridiculous to have a fine that large that's not going to be collected? I mean... Well, it, it, you're, you're asking a fundamental question about the rule of law and whether the laws that we have should be enacted and can be enacted. And I'm just wondering about a fine that high. It just seems like... But it's probably not going to be be ever enforced, a 500,000 euro fine, is it? I assume that at least some examples will be made of. I've spoken to two different bits exempta uh, where I've asked them specifically, are you going to be putting resources into or to issuing these fines immediately on day one? And they both said, yes, the law is there. We can have an argument about whether it's a good or bad law, whether... We think the state can enforce it or not, but it exists. And, um, you know, the last time I checked, Germany was a country that certainly liked obeying its laws. What, what do you think, Vipka? Is, is it a good rule? Is it a good law? First of all, it was necessary, I guess, because all instruments in the past, they didn't really work. Even though from outside, everybody says Berlin's uh, rents are really low. Of course, compared to London, Paris, uh, even compared to Munich, um, Berlin has low rents. But you also have to uh, see the income situation of the Berlin population. And you also have to see the increasing of the rent in the last few years. And even though we had several different uh, regulations about, yeah, regulate these, uh, these questions, it didn't work. And so I think it's about a responsible rent policy. It's about inviting in a market situation in order to secure housing supply for the Berlin population. And therefore, it was necessary to have a law. Of course, it will be in a big fight. And of course, maybe the court will check it and 
one or two rules will be kind of uh, need to be changed or we have to fix it afterwards a little bit in a different way. But the idea, I think, is right is the right way to influence the market. And you don't forget, it's uh, only for five years right now. So it's just a, a break for policy, a break for the tenants to find more ideas for strategy, how to get uh, the Berlin housing market into an equal situation again. What were we going to say, Joel? Well, I just wanted uh, to jump in on, on what Vivka said. And you, you pointed out people move here and think it's cheap. You know, we have foreigners that come in and say, wow, what are you all complaining about? It's so cheap compared to where I was from. But I mean, that's a completely wrong perspective. You have to take the perspective of an old Berliner who's been in their flat for decades. Suddenly they're finding themselves forced out of their flat because their landlord has figured out that they could previously could make more money if they kick them out and rent to somebody else for double the price. So, But hold on, in Berlin, renters are protected. They can't just throw somebody out on the street. It's very difficult, isn't it, compared it, to other cities? It's difficult, but there's, there's ways that, that it can be done. It might take time. It's not so much a problem for the people moving here. It's a problem for the people who live here and have for many decades. Isn't it time that Berlin caught up with the rest of the world a little bit and became a little more... No longer poor, but sexy. But the people that, that you're talking about, for everyone who, who can afford the, a rent increase, there are many more who can't afford another rent increase. And there are plenty of people who are in their apartments worried that if they have to leave, they'll have to basically move out of the city, move, move uh, into, into Brandenburg, move somewhere else. So r right now we're hearing a lot of uh, landlords who are really upset. But I would say that you, you should consider that for the past 10 years, the reverse situation has been occurring. We've had te tenants being very upset, tenants losing out and worried about their livelihoods. What do you think, Vipka? I'm kind of afraid to see the development in Paris, Prague, uh, Roma, wherever, where the inner city circle is only, um, there are only pe rich people, tourism and offices. Um, I don't want that for Berlin. Right now, it's still um, that they can live rich people between poor people, between middle-income people. So and this is special for Berlin. And I think when we not protect it now, then the development will go on and Berlin will change in a way we see it in the other big cities in Europe. And I don't think this is the way we want to have Berlin in 10 years. No, we all want Berlin to remain special. You're listening to Studio Berlin. We're talking about Berlin's rent cap that came into effect last Sunday. We'll be back after a short break. Stay tuned. Hey, you. You've been hearing and reading the news all day. So what are you getting out of it? Are you smarter, more informed, better prepared for your dinner party later tonight? Well, The Takeaway has you covered. We ask the tough questions, we hold lawmakers accountable, and if something just doesn't seem right, we ask, how did we get here? It's The Takeaway with me, Tanzina Vega. Tune in to The Takeaway weeknights at 6 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin. This is Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show on KCRW Berlin. I'm your host, Eric Kirschbaum, and today we're talking about Berlin's five-year rent freeze that came into effect last Sunday. With me in the studio is Joel Dolroy. He's a producer of the podcast Meet and Deckel, and Vipka Werner from the Berliner Mietverein, the Tenant Association. So is this going to end up hurting the, hurting the investors who were building the apartments that were going to help take away some of the pressure on, on housing? There's a major talking point 
that's going around the city by, spread by the opponents to the meet and deckle that, that says that there won't be any new building. And you don't think that's true? Well, it's it's not true. It's not it's not uh, based on fact. The rent freeze specifically says that any building built after two thousand and fourteen is exempt. So there is in fact a financial incentive for investors to put money into building new stock because that's the only way they can actually make money now, and they haven't been doing that for many decades. So since two thousand and nine, there was sixteen billion invested in new buildings in Berlin. There was one hundred and thirty eight billion spent on old existing stock. So that means investors for the last decade have spent eight times as much money buying up old existing buildings for the purpose of increasing the rent to make a profit, because that's much easier than going through all the hassle of actually, uh, you know, building a new house. So now that incentive is gone. And if they want to make money, they'll have to shift their resources over to building. Where did you get those numbers from? Uh, those numbers were in a research report by the Rosa Luxemburg Stiftung. Okay. I mean, Vipka, I've talked to you before and you said that you don't mind these kind of investors leaving if they're only here to come for money. Do you still believe that, that, the, that there are good investors and bad investors? Yes, in a way I believe it. There are investors who only want to get the maximum profit out of the houses. And then there are other uh, investors that are managed with a sense of proportion and feel committed to a social housing provision. And I don't want these investors who just come into the town to make their maximum profit, go in, kick out the tenants, and uh, they don't build one apartment. They just um, trade with apartments. And every every time a house is been sold, it's getting more and more expensive. And there are a lot of aspects why it is that way. For example, the, the prices for ground is very expensive because there's a lot of speculation with ground. And there's a lot of speculation with, with apartments. And I think these investors have not, no rights to invest into a housing market because the reason why they um, went into this housing market was because of the financial market crisis. They have no alternatives to leave their money somewhere. But I see there's a big difference between uh, managing housing stock and managing cars or refrigerator. <laughs> so you have to trade it differently than trading with a car or with, a, with other goods. Mm -hmm. I mean, can I I'll put yeah. some numbers on that? You, you mentioned about the, the developers speculating on land. Yes. So, and we have heard from opponents to the rent freeze who say uh, that there aren't enough new developments going on in Berlin, that the city is, isn't issuing enough building permits um, and so forth. Well, the facts are that there are actually 65,000 building permits that have been issued by the city government that are not being used. So that means developers or uh, investors have obtained building permits and are basically sitting on them. They're banking on them. Why? Because they get the permits and then they can flip the land at a much higher value if it's got a building permit on it without ever actually doing, doing, doing any work at all. So if in private investors were to actually activate those 65,000 building permits, we would have no housing shortage because that is almost the exact number of uh, housing supply that we need in the are city. Are they all sitting on those permits or are they having problems getting construction approved and things like that as well? No, the problem, well, the construction's approved. That's what the building permit is. But they're having trouble getting staff to build the, 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 uh, the properties. But that's got nothing to do with the rent freeze. That's got nothing to do with the government policy on housing. So when opponents say that the rent freeze will stop new buildings being built, that's not true. What's stopping new buildings being built is the fact that there aren't enough well-paid jobs in the building industry 
Why don't we talk a little bit about the court challenge? The, the CDU in Berlin and the FDP are talking about a constitutional challenge in the second quarter. I guess their main argument is that um, property p- apartments is a, is a federal rule, has nothing to do with the states. What do you think of the chances of success of this court challenge? Um, about this competence, if the land Berlin was even allowed to pass that law, there are lots of, uh, how do you say, heavy voices that they confirm that. They say that Berlin has the power to leave that law because there are differences to the civil law on the federal system. But another question will be, is this input into the rights of the landlords? Um, we shorten their rights of property ownership. Of property ownership. If this input is too big. We so will, Berlin might not have the authority to intervene yes, in private Yes, we're pretty property. sure that Berlin has the authority to pass that law. Um, there will be other aspects that have to be proved. But we also say it's good when the this law is checked as soon as possible because, of course, right now everybody is kind of unsure, kind of careful. Nobody knows how to act with this law. And we need to become clear um, what kind of parts of this uh, law are, are okay so we will see. So I can just support <laughs> to to get the uh, check by the court. What do you think, Joel, of the CDU challenge? There's not just the CDU challenge. There's multiple challenges and multiple courts that are going to happen, and it's going to take a long time for it to be worked out. So we are living under this uncertainty, which isn't really good for anybody. It's not good for um, for for landlords. A lot of landlords don't know how to act because even those who want to do the right thing and obey the law don't actually know how they should for example, formulate the letter that they have to send to their tenants to say that you may have a, a temporary rent reduction, but maybe it might go up again if the court case fails. Uh, tenants don't know how to act because we, for example, I know that in my flat, I'm entitled to a slight rent reduction. But if I were to go ahead and just uh, take that off my rent for the next month, I may be then later be found to have breached my contract and I might be up for eviction if the law is actually uh, thrown out by So what court. are you going to do? Are you going to sit tight? Some advice is that tenants should continue paying their old rent, but add the words paid with reservations. Yeah. It's basically a little, uh, some, some words you can use to say that later on I might have the right to claim this money back. Mm-hmm. I expect that some aspects of the law may be um, thrown out. The court can decide, courts can decide to reject a law in part or in whole. They may ask for some amendments. So it may be that we come back with a moderation of what we currently have. The supporters of the law say it's worth a try even if it fails. How do you see this playing out in five years? Do you think this will take pressure off the rents? So I think in five years, lots of things will be gone forward and it's time to time to act and not only react. And especially because Berlin is a tenant's town, 85% of the Berlin population live for rent. So where we're not in Berlin, we have to regulate and have to watch the rental market. So I think in the end, it won't be that bad as many people try to say it will be. We're talking about Berlin's five-year rent freeze that was implemented by the city government last week and what it means for renters and landlords. Thank you, Veep Gewerner from the Berliner Mietverein and Joel Dolroy. He's a producer of the podcast called Rent Freeze. Thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you very much. After the break, we'll talk to a strong opponent of the rent cap, Burkhard Drager, he's the CDU parliamentary floor leader in the House of Representatives in Berlin. Stay tuned. In Jim Crow era Alabama, 
an African-American detective finds himself in the middle of a murder case. Got some leads? And? I'm following them. What are they? If they amount to anything, I'll tell you. Don't you think you can stand there face to face and sass me? John Balls, In the Heat of the Night, adapted by Matt Pelfrey, next time on L.A. Theatre Works. Catch L.A. Theatre Works, Sunday nights at 7 on KCRW Berlin. This is Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show on KCRW Berlin. I'm your host, Eric Hirschbaum, and today we're talking about Berlin's five-year rent freeze that came into effect last Sunday. With me on the phone is Burkhard Dreger. He's the CDU parliamentary floor leader in the State Assembly Building in Berlin. Thanks for joining me. Yes, it's a pleasure. Mr. Dreger, your party, the CDU, is in the opposition in Berlin, and you oppose the rent freeze that's designed by the red-red-green government. Tell us, what are your main concerns about it? My main concern is that Berlin needs more new apartments, more construction of new apartments. We have a lack of accommodation for people moving to Berlin, and we will not cover this demand for new apartments by reducing the rents and thereby reducing the interest of investors to invest into new building complex. So what we need here is not a reduction by law, a reduction of the rents, but what we need is an increase in construction of apartments. And the effect of this law is now that the construction of new apartments is reduced. And this is detrimental to our city and especially to the tenants. Some of the guests on our show were talking earlier about how there's 60,000 permits, building permits out there for apartments that haven't really been used yet. Is is that a problem or is that not really the problem? Well, we have to look into why are they not used, those building permits. But what is more interesting is that the number of building permits is going down. So we have had a high increase of building permits until 2016. And last year, we have a reduction of new building permits by 11%. And this shows that the interest of investors to invest into the construction of new apartments is now decreasing. And this is detrimental to our city. So we do not need an obstacle, another obstacle for building new apartments. What we need is an incentive to invest into new apartments, and this is not the case under the new law. You're preparing the um, the legal challenge to the Meaton-Deckel um, in the Constitutional Court. T- could you tell us a little bit about that and what chances of success do you think you have with your challenge? I'm 100% sure that uh, the law will be held invalid by the Constitutional Court, and there are a couple of reasons for it. One of the main reasons is that the state of Berlin in our federal system does not have the capacity, the legal capacity to introduce such a law, but this capacity is on the federal level. But since we are talking about a law uh, submitted by the state of Berlin, it will not be held uh, valid. Further on, there are serious doubts that this limitation of the basic rights of property, to own property, is not reasonable. And our interest is now by our lawsuit to 
get a clarification by the Constitutional Court as soon as possible, because this is very important for the tenants as well as the investors. And we cannot accept that at the moment there is an, a situation where nobody knows, is this law applicable? Yes or no, we need to have a clarification as soon as possible. How soon could this clarification from the court come? This is in the full discretion of the court. My hope is that we have the court ruling before the next elections, which will take place in September of next year, but it's not sure. Well, thank you very much, Burkhard Drager. Thanks for joining us on KCRW Berlin. Burkhard Drager is the parliamentary floor leader of the CDU in the Berlin State Assembly Building. Thank you very much and have a nice day. Thank you. And that's it for this edition of Studio Berlin. I'm Eric Kirschbaum. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And make sure to tune in next week for another edition of Studio Berlin. Have a great weekend.